the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Ben, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Thanks for listening. Wow, just caught myself in a funny thought. Listening, right? The day of video casting and podcasting, YouTube and everything else. <clears throat> listening. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, I've packed a lot of information in. Keep in mind that we get the unemployment report this week. The numbers are going to be awful. Government officials are starting to warn us about this. Markets have been rallying the last two or three days. It almost makes me think... We're setting ourselves up for a fall. With that said, I don't really care about the short-term movements on a day-by-day basis. It's almost surprising that I even talk about them. But I know that you do care and that you're stressed out and you want to know that you're not throwing money into a, a hole. Let's talk about some of the things that we're seeing. Allergy season wreaks havoc on my phlegm. Thank you very much. First mention of the word phlegm. Um, boy, the face mask story is getting kind of crazy where Americans are getting really pissed off at each other. You could literally kill someone not wearing a face mask. Don't you wish we would do that to like drunk drivers when someone leaves a bar at five or six in the evening and they've had three or four drinks? You could literally kill someone. Yeah. Go on your merry way. ADP unemployment or ADP employment. Let me get this right. Wednesdays is ADP. How many people are on payroll? Thursdays are first-time unemployment claims. First Friday of the month are the employment numbers. ADP employment report shows 20 million private sector jobs lost in April. Disney's up 1%. Despite the company missing earnings estimates and suspending its semi-annual dividend yield. I'll talk about that as the show goes on. Uber is going to be reducing its customer support and recruiting teams by approximately 3,700 full-time employee roles. Remember my friend who I told you about, a McLaren? $250,000 last year after Uber IPO'd. He's on the recruiting team. I wonder if he's still thrilled that he's got a very expensive vehicle. That's actually sitting in his driveway now because he's not going anywhere. But I digress. General Motors is up big, 7%. CVS Health, yes, we are going to the grocery grocery stores more often for sure, but also the drugstores more often. Activision Blizzard, huge winner following reports. Um, Video games are one of the, the... I don't want to use, I don't want to like be coy when I say this. Video games are one of the winners of the COVID crisis. 
video game developers and pandemic go hand in hand. Stay at home. Don't leave. They reported a strong beat and rise due largely to the Call of Duty franchise. EA is a little bit more dependent on sports games, and they're not as hot as Activision. Some other game companies to think about, Take-Two. Nice time to be a cowboy in Red Dead Redemption 2. But again, the whole football franchise of EA is Madden football. It's it's also very expensive license from the NFL. So in FIFA and other comp. Uh, other sports figures, sports branching off your sports something, you know what I'm trying to say. Sports franchises. Leaks. Scott's miracle grow. What are you going to do when there's a pandemic? You're going to stay at home and garden? Yes. Or remember when Scott's miracle grow was a play on marijuana when we were legalizing marijuana two years ago at a pretty healthy clip of the United States? And people want to stay at home and grow marijuana. Now people want to stay at home, grow marijuana, play Activision Blizzard, and then drink all night long. So you can own something like a Diageo. And I'm just going by, you know, the, the funny memes about the day drinkers and such. CVS Health, Microsoft, obviously winning on an enterprise level right now. Amazon on delivery. Apple has so much cash to buy back that we're throwing them in the winner category, as is Google and Facebook. They're pandemic plays, and they're plays that people wanted pre-pandemic, and they're stocks that people want during the pandemic, all of them at or near 52-week highs. And then you look at Disney, and you're like, whoa, they're still 30% off their 52-week high. Because they still have more exposure to the negatives of pandemics versus the positives. And when I say positives, don't take that the wrong way. If your grandma and their grandfather have died, I, I feel bad that I could even use the word positive. In the same vein as pandemic and COVID, other than the fact that this is a business show on a business station. Germany reported a record 15.6% month-to-month decline in factory orders. Retail sales in the Eurozone down 11.2%. I'm alarmed it's only that much. I thought it would be more just from history of doing this every day for 25 years. Um, And it just goes to show you how big our economy is on a lot of levels, or the world economies. The ADP employment change report was looming on the near horizon. It wasn't quite as bad as expected at 20.2 million jobs um, lost. If you have a small business, you probably know of paychecks or ADP. Um, so you kind of know that they're in the business of cutting checks. And how many checks they cut each week is just tied towards the economy. When you've been furloughed or laid off in your small business, uh, you don't report that guy's you know, paycheck anymore. That's minus one. It's pretty simple. I still believe employment is the one driver of the U.S. economy. So if we get through this Friday's report and we start seeing the first time unemployment claims go down, people will say, okay, that's a a range, a band. I can feel with that. The only problem I have is I think there's going to be a phase two of firings 
past the first six weeks, probably the next three to six months, as we get into the second quarter, the really bad quarter of shutdown reflections. So remember how we're saying January and February were okay months, and March was the, the sting, so to speak, in the economy? Well, April's definitely a sting. May's not halfway over. Are we going to report this as, like, two bad months and one good, as we're reporting the first quarter as two good months and one bad? Uh, the Trump administration's counting on that. I have no coronavirus 19 updates for you. Sorry, I'm all out of coronavirus updates. I came here to chew bubble gum and give coronavirus updates, and I'm all out of bubble gum, but I still have no coronavirus updates. Elsewhere out there, Match.com had a good quarter. Get this. We get in love when we're locked up. Tender user, tender users still growing. All brands across Match saw growth. Wow. Think of what it's like. Uh, more female users and a big is a big positive for the company brands as well. We got a full show for you. Stay with us. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find me at NewFocusFinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Doesn't it seem odd that we're in the 21st century and countries around the world we're all handling COVID differently? The head of Sweden's coronavirus response said in a new interview that the country's high death toll had come as a surprise. <clears throat> and it was really something we worry a lot about. Remember, they're the country that had the idea of no lockdown strategy. But this epidemiologist out of Sweden said the, lock, the no lockdown strategy was not a conscious decision in favor of more deaths. Instead, he said the outsized toll was not part of the plan. About half of Sweden's deaths have been in nursing homes, which prohibit visitors. Tegnell said health officials had thought it would be easier to keep the disease away from them. Um, Pretty interesting stuff. It goes to show you this is not easy. In the 21st century, you would think that we would have a more cohesive approach. But again, I keep talking about the stupid, stupid things that I'm not supposed to talk about. Let's talk about this one. Um, Disney reported a 58% drop in operating income. That sounds about right. The pandemic has disrupted Disney theme parks and cruise businesses. It's expected to boost engagement on its streaming services, Disney+. Plus. I think I saw 56 million subscribers, which is pretty darn good. Compared to where they were a year ago at Streamers, zero. They talked a lot. And for the record, this was the first earnings call, and I feel bad for him. For CEO Bob Chapek, Bob Iger announced in February he was going to transition the role of executive chairman back pre-COVID. But Iger tried to get out, but he's been called back into the day-to-day operations as stay-at-home orders accelerated across the United States. Disney's going to suspend their uh, dividend. This is a company that 
I would say that we don't look at them as a dividend play. We like that they have a dividend angle. But I'm not freaked out by them saying we're going to save a couple billion dollars in paying out people. $1.6 billion in cash saved, assuming the dividend held constant at $0.88 cents a share. Of course, they said their parks were probably the most pronounced hit. Impact on its operating income for that segment was about $1 billion, mostly due to revenue lost before the closures. Because of the closures. Recession or recovery? The slightest difference tone in your voice can change your aspect on a company, right? Now, the positive on Disney is that they said they're going they're going to reopen at Shanghai Disneyland Park on May 11th. And you look at the calendar and you see it's the 6th and the 11th is, well, let's pull out the abacus and move it. To, okay, yeah, um, carry the top one down five days away. So we're going to start to see if what this looks like opening back thing, opening up uh, economies. We have an example Lots of the eastern portions of Asia are opening up aggressively. Chappick, the CEO, said Disney is still seeing signs that customers want to go on their cruises, though that won't be for several more months at least. He credited the sentiment to the customer trust that Disney's built, but I get that. The direct-to-consumer business, um, Disney's direct-to-consumer business, has 33.5 million paid subscribers for its Disney Plus in the quarter. By early April, the company said it had surpassed 50 million paid subscribers. Um, the number is now 54.5 million. So they're growing that in a nice and healthy clip. ESPN Plus, Netflix. Um, so how, how you look at it is Netflix has 189 million subscribers. Disney Plus is 54.5 million. Hulu's got 32.1 million. ESPN Plus is a standalone service, 7.9 million. Bundling of those services is an incredible deal. If you wanted to cut cable, you could probably do it with ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus pretty easily. But I leave that up to you. The last dance on ESPN. Uh, big documentary, Michael Jordan. It's doing quite well, as did the NFL draft. Did quite well. Just throwing that out there. Is like again, some of these companies are reporting some pandemic boo boos, and some of them are okay. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Don't be shy. Um, one last thing I want to talk about Disney because I did listen to the call. It's too early to determine when parks will reopen, but the company is evaluating many options. The company will likely control density in parks. The company plans to open Shanghai Disneyland on May 11th. Several movie releases have been rescheduled and could potentially still be rescheduled. The company expects total CapEx for 2020 to be about $900 million lower than its prior guidance. Or $400 million below last year. CapEx, capital expenditures. Think of people with hard hats on. 
how much building are they doing in their parks? How much building are they doing for infrastructure? They said the estimate closure of its domestic parks had an adverse impact on attendance growth of approximately 18 percentage points. I don't even see how that's possible. So that's it there. Back to Match.com. This was a call that I heard some notes on. It's pretty funny. Huh? Revenues rose 17.3% a year, year over year. Again, looking for love while you're locked up. I don't quite see how fruition comes out of it, but I guess younger people are younger people, and they're okay with that. Average subscribers increased 15% to $9.9 million. Average revenue per user increased one cent to 59 cents. Tender direct revenue grew 31% year over year, driven by a 28% average subscriber growth. Um, they got Those are growth numbers. In times of pandemic, that looks fat. I was going to say like a, a, a rack of baby back ribs, but I've lost my humor and my timing in COVID. YouTube has an interesting little olive branch, even as we're cutting cable more and more and more. YouTube is giving a, an olive branch to a lot of the news providers out there saying, hey, do you want to do a subscription business on YouTube? We're in. We'll help you facilitate that. YouTube's been talking with publishers about the subscription sales since 2019 early. A Google News initiative. YouTube's subscription sales tools for publishers would resemble the channel memberships tools used for other uh, publishers trying to get a little bit of self-revenue going. I don't think that's a big story. But again, it's kind of showing you there's some hybrid business model potential ideas out there. But it doesn't work for me. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. You can always find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't be shy. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, to talk about the economy, to talk about the stock market, maybe some of the things that he's seeing out there. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. So what's the the vibe out there from week to week? Um, Well, maybe month to month, we're seeing kind of a big psychological change. Where are we at these days in the markets? Well, there's no question there's been a a psychological change, and um, uh, and it's been perplexing in, in, in some respects because you obviously, <laughs> excuse me, you can see in the behavior of the stock market that it's, it's uh, uh, disconnected in a sense from what the fundamental economic reality on the ground is right now. And the only way I think that one can reconcile that performance is is uh, based on the assessment that the, you know the stock market is not worried about so much how bad things are today uh, as it's encouraged by how much better they can get in the months ahead and uh, and kind of bridging the divide between now and then is the faith in the Fed put uh, and the development efforts toward discovering a vaccine for COVID-19. And those have been two very uh, strong supportive influences here 
that have continued to help prop up stock prices. Um, but you know, we do contend that at, at this level, where you're pricing in and what you know, okay, if you if you accept forward 12-month earnings estimates, you're at about 20, almost 21 times forward 12-month earnings estimates, uh, which certainly seems rich in light of what's going on around us. And so I think you're going to continue to see now the market sort of have this bit of a, a tug of war, if you will, between the optimism of reopening and the pessimism about you know valuation and the idea that a lot of that good news has already been priced in. So you can kind of probably see a market chop around now here in the trading range for a bit. It's interesting times, to say the least. And I saw a quote that I think was after we talked last week that market strategists hate this bull market that we're seeing because it doesn't, there's a disconnect. And then, you know, we know earnings are probably going to get worse before they, well, they're going to get worse before they get better and job numbers are still getting bad. Uh, but I also saw a report this week that said buy in May because that's when the rally is going to come because that's when you least expect it. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. We know there's stimulus out there and it, it just gets confusing trying to market time this. Uh, because sometimes you almost want to be counterintuitive because you know everyone knows it's going to be awful out there. Uh, does that make any sense? And where do you fall on that conspiracy theory of mine that maybe we do buy in May because it makes no sense? And wait for the well, question of the fall. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to respect the the risk of buying in May. You know? Perfect. Well uh, said. And uh, and the reason, you know, really the reason I say it is because there are, you know, other reports out there in terms of fund flows that um, that suggest that, you know, uh, large money managers are still underexposed to this market and still sitting on a lot of cash. And there's certainly a large contingent of market participants out there that see that as a contrarian type of indicator. And uh, that's why you hear expressions uh, such as the pain trade, and that the pain trade in this instance is to the upside because there's a lot of people, uh, including um, the, the one you're talking to, who are finding it very hard to believe that the market continues just to trade up and through all of the the bad news and and uh, what we see really is the likelihood that while the news will get you know relatively better in the coming months, it's not likely to be good. And so we think the markets come too far too fast pricing in that that idea. Uh, but nonetheless, um, you know when you see a market continue to be resilient in the face of bad news and continue to see these mega cap stocks go up day after day. Uh, there's a fear of missing out that kicks in for money managers who, you know, don't want to underperform benchmarks, and uh, as well as for just, you know, regular uh, individual investors who, um, you know, who understand that this market uh, coming out of the 2008-2009 financial crisis uh, went a long way uh, riding uh, the Fed put, and uh, and is probably, you know banking on uh, on that continuing to be the case uh, as we come out of this experience. So taking a look at some of the data that we're now getting, ADP is saying it's going to be rough out there. They're a payroll company. The jobs number on Friday, we know it's going to be bad. Um, some have suggested we hit 20%, as high as 25 maybe 15 um, It's tough to put a finger on it, but what do you expect from the jobs report and maybe the market reaction? Because it seems like it's going to be headline scary coming up. There's no question. I mean, the headlines are going to be awful uh, surrounding this report. 
and and the ADP report we saw out today, you know, suggested as much, right? Right. Uh, but of course, the market reaction has been uh, pretty muted, all things considered, uh, and actually pretty good uh, in the face of such a really bad number. Um, and that again goes back to this idea that the market is. It knows this was going to be bad. It knows on Friday things are going to be bad, and uh, and and yet it thinks things are are just going to get progressively better, you know, month after month from here. Um, that'll be true to a certain extent, right? Um, when you're coming off of such a depressed base, everything is going to look pretty good. You know, you can I can hear the campaign cry now going in front of that election that you know the third quarter could potentially be the strongest growth on record, right? But you're coming off of what might be, uh, you know, an annualized decline of somewhere of 30 to 40 percent in the second quarter. So I would hope it would be the strongest growth on record in the third quarter. You know, we could all hope for that. Um, but there's a caveat, there's an asterisk attached to that. And as I think as it relates specifically, as we look at the employment picture here, um, you know, if you see a, you know, mid to high teens or even a low 20 percent type of unemployment rate, uh, that's clearly terrible. Uh, going from 20 percent to 10 percent is really good, but 10 percent itself is still really bad. And I think that that's the reality that's going to be coming to the market here in coming months is that, you know, when you see such high levels of unemployment, you're going to continue to see subpar levels of consumer spending and subpar levels of growth, all things considered. And, and then the market will have to reconsider its, uh, its valuation perspective at that, at that point. So you can kind of get away with things here, I think, for, for a few months, certainly levitating at these higher levels. But, you know, in our estimation, I think the reality, the fundamental reality is going to become apparent here in coming months as well, that the market is, uh, is probably ahead of itself here in, in looking for um, some really robust, truly robust economic activity that's good in an absolute sense and not necessarily in just a relative sense. So you know, the work that you're putting together right now, what do you see as maybe the next set of things for us to focus on? We've had our cancellation of big events. We've had our stimulus. We've had uh, a lot of things line up. The Federal Reserve say unlimited bazooka. We'll do whatever we need to to support cash flows of companies. What What's next on the agenda? Just kind of live and let die, kind of stand around and wait? What do you see? Well, will be the you know the reaction and the response to these reopening efforts across the country. Okay. Um, you know how quickly do things come back? Um, you know, do they you know prove uh, people like me wrong? You know, in suggesting that we're not going to see a V-shaped economic recovery. So that's you know that's one component. And then of course, as you roll through the summer months uh, and those fall months approach, uh, based on what you know we're hearing from scientific experts right now, um, you're you know, we're likely to see a reemergence of COVID-19 in a big way. And, and what, what happens then? Where are we at that point? You know, a lot of unanswered questions, uh, but that's certainly looming out there um, uh, and could be a force to be reckoned with, not only because of just what the health impact could be, but obviously what the economic impact could be and what the political impact could be of the economy shutting down again right in front of the election. We've got a couple minutes left. I always like to leave the last few minutes to you to give us insights, softball pitch, so to speak. What are you working on? You have a big uh, column that comes out on Fridays, the big picture for briefing.com. I always like to draw upon that. But again, balls in your court. Any thoughts? 
Well, um, it will most likely revolve around uh, the employment picture. Um, it kind of just it lends itself to that right now uh, because we have that big employment report on Friday. But uh, it's not just the report itself, but it's how the market reacts to it. And we've talked a little bit about that today, Rob. And, and um, you know, I think, uh, you know, that'll likely be the focal point for this week's big picture column. Um and uh, and it'll take some some serious thoughts certainly because uh, there's going to be a lot of really bad data and and it's going to be a report unlike anything you know I've ever seen or or pretty much anyone's ever seen in their lifetime and we'll have to see how the market reacts to it. It's interesting times because I checked my net worth in the last week and I'm like it's not that bad of a year for me. Um, I've recovered a lot, but psychologically I know it is for a lot of people. And again, I think some of the news gets worse before it gets better, and it's tough for me to say. I thought we would, I would be worse off now. Uh, but anyway, thanks so much for joining me, and um, good luck, and stay uh, attentive, and let's get through this. It's a dramatic story to cover, a dramatic story to be living through. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. That's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. His Friday column is a great column. Something that started happening on the Internet in the last couple of years is when there's an article like at a Barron's or the Wall Street Journal, they tell you if it's a one-minute read or a three-minute read or a five-minute read. Um, Patrick O'Hare's Friday's work is its like a five, ten-minute read, and it's good. It's solid stuff that gives you a lot of insights into the markets and the economy. You can find them at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Boy, there's just a lot of confusing images in the world today. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, but to see the president at a COVID-19 or at a 90, N95 mask factory where the people walking with them weren't wearing masks and the people that were walking around were wearing masks, it's just a conflicted image. And I think that has to be affecting you and your portfolios, in your portfolio health and your psychology on investing. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. 20.2 million jobs were lost in April, double the last recession. Wow. The payroll provider ADP said the declines in April were so widespread and left hardly any sector of the economy untouched. That sounds about right. Keep in mind uh, different recessions, like when you saw a financial crisis, you saw a lot of bankers lose jobs. I know, I know, no one's going to cry for the bankers. Um, but this is more perverse. It's more widespread. Oil's rebound stalled today, finally, after as storage tanks keep filling up. Good news and bad news. Got a lot of oil to burn off when the economy starts to open back up that we won't need to pay for. But if we had more storage space now... And the storage space wasn't as expensive as the cost of storing it. And you get the idea. Snap's winning streak. Snap has been a huge, huge winner during COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. The question is, did it introduce you to a cute messaging platform where you could take silly photos with your kids and dog ears during the a uh, pandemic that gives them one moment of joy in an otherwise world torturing them. I don't know. 
Uh, Snap has never been my kind of play. It's too much of a, a civil war. Sides line up on both sides and they hate each other. Citigroup analyst Jason Bazinet believes investors have gotten too enthusiastic, saying the stock's up too far too fast, and it's near its peak historical valuation. It, it, it brings up questions like um, uh, psychologically, is this a one and done, or is this an introduction to, to the product? And then I... I, I I've got a niece, nephew, cousin, niece, niece. I'm bad at family trees. Bad, 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 bad at family trees. My family tree is an ugly tree. And uh, at the top sits me. And every time I fall off, I hit another ugly branch on the way down, right? Um, My question about Snap, and again, this is just me being a couple minutes behind modern times. And my niece is, she's obsessed with TikTok and TikTok's a Chinese app, and some Americans won't put it on their phones because they're afraid China's spying on them. But TikTok's growing intelligently, smartly, and maybe they have a secret sauce that Snap won't, but they seem to be lining up for head-to-head competition between the two. Eh, I can't get all excited about that, so I stay away from it. To me, that's getting sucked into a, a civil war. Electronic arts stock fell after they reported earnings expect or after they reported earnings, not earnings expectations, but earnings. Company said Apex Legends was the most downloaded free to play game in 2019 on the PlayStation 4, but did not provide any more details on it. <laughs> We're not Fortnite is essentially what Wall Street's reading into that. Rival Activision Blizzard launched a competing title, Call of Duty Warzone, which competes with Apex Legends, which is an electronic arts property. And eh, I'm a casual gamer at this point in time. And, you know, having kids, they're more uh, social gamers. Um, I can't get into the Call of Duty Warzone. I can't get like it's almost too much. I don't need to be that realistic in a time where there's a lot of realism in my face. So Fortnite's still an okay escape. We'll see. Activision Blizzard stock goes up. Electronic Arts stock goes down. If you've listened to the show for a year, you knew that was the case. That Activision's the better position of the two. Um, IPOs from last year that should be maybe of interest to people. Uh, One of the things that you do when the economy goes bad, when the stock market becomes agitated, is you start changing your list of stocks that you want to buy. Or you refresh it is a better way of saying it. There's $1.5 trillion of cash being held by private equity firms right now. You've got Warren Buffett sitting on $128 billion. Apple sitting on $100 billion plus. These are, for a couple of these companies and a couple of these situations, these are record levels of cash. And sometimes cash, it burns a hole in your pocket, right? So a lot of last year's IPOs that have probably been born at the wrong time, as far as publicly traded companies like Beyond Meat, suddenly will become a little bit more interesting, potentially, to people that have cash to deploy, we still haven't seen a lot of mergers and acquisitions. Although, I'll be honest, we've seen some good things. Skyworks is a semiconductor company that basically said good things for the wireless communication semiconductor world. Uh, 
All right, this week. So you can you look for your clues in a little way. A clue could be a major merger, a major acquisition. It could be a major bankruptcy. Um, it could be something like Disney's quarterly profit tumbles ninety three percent. I used to be mean to Disney when I was doing radio in the nineteen nineties. I'm like, what a piece of poop company. Do you remember in the 1980s and the late 80s and the early 90s when Mickey Mouse would come on TV and go, Oh, hey, kids, uh, we're releasing Cinderella on DVD. And Mickey would hawk Cinderella on DVD. Mickey would hawk Cinderella on Laserdisc. Mickey would hawk Cinderella on VHS. And you'll get a free sticker if you order it today. In the 90s, you're like, come on, stop playing our kids. And then you kind of soften and you're like, oh, I get it. You're a brand that can pull out Cinderella because as a little girl, my wife played Cinderella and she wants to do Cinderella with her little girl kind of thing. You get the idea. I'm I'm digressing massively, but we went from evil company that makes money, has a rate called the money rate to down 93%. Maybe that's, that's as bad as it gets for me. And you feel a little bit of pity. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.